dead man walking. Big chill, so, uh, smart water, planters, yeah. peanuts, and coffee. How do you want to do that, pal? <laughs> wait a minute, wait. You want to do this one? Since it's late. This one's all right. Just pop something. I don't fucking oh. care. <laughs> oh, well. Oh. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for hitting download on the New Blood Rising podcast and subscribing. Real quick note on that. Um, iTunes only lets you carry so many episodes, so now we have breached the threshold. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so you can't, uh, bottom line, you can't listen to all of our episodes on iTunes. Yeah, but nowadays, there are a billion ways that you can find a podcast, whether it's on a computer, you can go to podbean.com. Uh, it's uh, newbloodpod.podbean.com. It's on the Twitter. Uh, it's, well, it's on the Twitter, of mm-hmm. course. But, um, on any phone, if you download a podcasting app, you will find it. So it's not that hard. But I just want to let you guys know, in case you do subscribe through iTunes, you know, we're gonna you're gonna start seeing you're gonna be by the time he's uh, in a year from now, you'll probably be starting at the end of WCW for us. So. <laughs> ah well. But uh, this is episode fifty-one. We are looking at Invasion Part One. Now this episode it's gonna be kind of a short one, but we wanted to separate this from the actual Invasion pay-per-view because. A lot of things going on here. A lot of moving pieces to uh, this show. And About four pages. If, if you, honestly, if you if you combined it all, it would probably be like a mega four-hour episode, which we've done. Mm-hmm. Come very close, I think. Now, have we come that close? We've done three. Over three. Yeah, we've done over three. And we did a three and a half. Was that the Starcade from Hell? No, we, it wasn't three and a half. It was like three, three oh seven. Or okay. Something. All right. That's well, still, regardless, I mean, regardless. Nice. But, um, is that the Crown Apple day? Oh, yeah. I thought that was uh, no, Starcade from Hell, Crown Apple day. That is the Starcade. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. Oh. Well, I haven't had it done. But, um, we're going to be talking about the Monday Night Raws that take place between King of the Ring 2001 and then Invasion because it things escalate quickly the night after King of the Ring. Yes. It really just yeah. goes. It's like King of the Ring so got red condoms. What we're not going to do, we're not going to go through every single Raw and break them down. That would be, we'd be here all, we have, that'd be another episode. Another half of an episode. We'd have quarter episodes. It's crazy. But um, what we're going to be going through is just some of the some of the highlights and just kind of talk about this build to invasion. Because on, in all honesty, it kind of, we have to go back to March when the deal happened that WWF bought WCW. Just kind of, you know, just see how everything's fitting up well, until then. They're not fitting that well, Will. <laughs> they're not, because that that wasn't lost on me because I was taking notes. You know, just Shane was the good guy. Uh huh. And this yeah, is a continue. They have taken the WCW um, invasion storyline, and they have made it another bullshit soap opera McMahon storyline. Right. Because. I really, it, when I got done with the Raws, I came away with three takeaways on the mistakes. There's, there's three mistakes. Oh, only three? Well, the three that kill it. Okay. And, I mean, I was going to get to it later, but one, Stephanie McMahon running ECW. Right. That's one. Uh, let's see if I can get back to it. You know what? We can, we can get to it here in a little bit. Jason, give some opening thoughts about um, the build. Well, it was, I liked the build. The problem was is that there was it really is no payoff. Throughout the whole build, they dropped the names of people 
and commentary that you're not going to see through the whole storyline. Right. And the crowd wants it, and you hear them talk about it. Well, and, well, and devil's advocate for a second. Maybe they thought there was a chance. And true. so they're laying the groundwork in case, huh. but they don't. Right. There's one thing that they do during the build to Invasion that I like that does pay off the night after Survivor Series. Yeah. And it's during one of the many locker room bolster promos that they do. But Stephanie's trying to relay to the WCW and ECW guys how important it was. Because she says, Shane and I sold all of our stock in the WWF to do this. Right. Except and, the lockbox, apparently. Yeah, well, that one thing. There's that lockbox. He gets that when, back. All, a tiny lock. all I hear when I see that is that Al Gore thing. Uh, lockbox. The, the lock. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm going it's into a curtain. You're, yeah, with all the thumb and everything. That's uh, same impersonator. Yeah, so. yeah. Understandable. Uh, <laughs> doing Trump now. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of the guy. So the three mistakes. Uh, so the first one, there, there is a serious lack of WCW talent. Yep. And Stephanie getting ECW, but really the one that really drove it home for me because watching that Raw live, the one where ECW shows up, was. The greatest high followed by an immediate low. That the WCW talent roster for WWF is so low and mediocre that they have to combine forces with ECW, who actually has pretty much every guy that you would want in that group. Yeah, and and, and that right there automatically yeah. makes them look weak. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to team up to take on WWF. No, now also like all right. So again, just the devil's advocate. This. A lot of those guys are guys that we really liked at the end of our That's WCW true. run. We really got behind. Booker T and DDP. We're t- if we're talking big name stars, mm-hmm. that's not, what you got. Not necessarily big name stars. We're talking. Well, I we're just talking about the roster, like the guys, the overall. Oh, Billy the guys. Kidman, guys Palumbo like that. And Palumbo and O'Hare. Yeah. Oh, O'Hare. We. I don't think we're ever high on old Dick Palumbo. No. <laughs> right. But, but like, we like those guys. But yeah. those aren't. Oh, can you imagine Sean O'Hare in WWE? Well, yeah, right, I, right. I brought that up later. There's like the night that uh, when ECW first makes their move and then Vince and Shane have that meeting where it's like five of your best and five of my best against those ten. And they're throughout the night, like they're like, call your neighbors. Tell them that WCW and WWF are teaming up to fight the ECW. You can imagine that phone call. It's like, hey, man, you might want to watch this. It's WCW teaming up with WWF against ECW. Oh, my God. You mean like Sting and The Rock? Right. No. I mean, like uh, Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo. Right. Yeah. And here's well, that, another thing. That's actually a formidable tag team down the line. Uh-huh. So that's actually not too bad. <laughs> if you're going to take a defunct company like WCW, but mm-hmm. still have Booker T coming in as the WCW champion, right. why can't Rhino be the ECW champion? It's the I, same exact I, thing. I, I, give him the belt right, back. So Just give him, they keep saying, well, the, the final champion. And this something guy, they're hot on him. Let, before we get to ECW, because there there's there's some real estate to cover there. Yeah. Let's just talk about strictly when it, for a co- matter of a couple of weeks it seemed like it was just WWF versus WCW at what we'll also have the inaugural brawl. The ino- man that before thing. it's the coalition. Yeah. Or the alliance. Yeah. And then the alliance is it both? Oh no, it's the alliance, and then it's no no no, it's, it's the coalition, and then it's the alliance. Well, first it's, it's oh, they, they start call calling them faction, then it's coalition, then it's alliance, coalition. then it's. But um, so yeah, just WWF first, like so. Remember at King of the Ring, they talked about the night after is gonna be. They they mentioned it a couple times. It's gonna be at Madison Square Garden. It's gonna mm-hmm. be significant. And there's some significant things that happen. You brought up a couple when you were talking about wrestling in the W years about um, um, uh, 
the Mike Awesome the coming Mike, in, being the first WCW yeah. employee wrestler to step foot in Madison and Square wins Garden. the hardcore title. Yeah, I believe under so, their yeah. WWF's really cool. own rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also night where Shane like really goes heel. Like they like it. It seems like that's where they really push him heel because of the Booker axe kick to Vince and the way they exit through the crowd and all that. Is that the same night? That is the same yeah. night. But mm-hmm. I don't see that. To me, that one's not heel yet. It's. It, it's turning. What do you think? If it wasn't in Madison Square Garden, I don't think it'd be heel. But like MSG is like WWF territory. It is, but storyline. I think that's part of what happened is people weren't reacting the way they thought, and that's why they turned them because yes, the turn is very sudden. The, all right, so that's a good segue. Tacoma, Washington, mm-hmm. the Monday Night Raw, where they decide, okay, we're going to give WCW its own airtime, its own logo, its yep. own announcers, its own ring apron, its own lighting. They really it has a SmackDown lighting. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really neat. I like it. Here's the problem. It's the wrong city to do this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Just wait a week. Mm-hmm. Do it in Atlanta. Right. <laughs> Del- I didn't even think of that. Well, also because the problem too Why is, not? I think just the reaction to ECW would have been better if it was that was a week later in Rhode Island, closer to ECW territory, because right. they're down in here in Atlanta, not really ECW people. True. That's true. Because. I told you on a few of those Raws, I did watch some of the matches. And I did watch that Booker T. Buff Bagwell match because I hadn't seen it in so long. It's not the worst it's thing not, I've ever it's, seen. It's weird. It's, it's sort of like everybody like took – I don't know. If, it feels like it's one of those things where like one or a couple people took it and magnified all of its faults to make it – and it turned into the worst match that ever happened. It's like the, their timing is like a half second off. Yeah, that mm-hmm. seems to be the problem for the whole match, but the, the crowd is what makes that match look bad. Yeah, because there's something the, going on that's to the right, right of hard camp. Yeah, because at some point, they, I mean, you would think it's the WCW championship being defended on WWF television. It would be a big deal. There's some, Someone's getting kicked out or something's going on because the crowd is really watching off camera. There, there are two match sucks, Chance. There, there are two uh-huh. things that are I think come off this are really important. I think... Um, uh, when you go a week later in Atlanta, they even though I just made that statement, and I I thought of that I thought that for years, and you know I know there's sound editing that goes on in post where mm-hmm. uh, way after the fact where history's a little bit rewritten. Chris Benoit never existed, Ooh. but he kind of does. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Booker T does like Shane even hypes the kind of pop that he's supposed to get. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get it at all, no. even in Atlanta. So even after making that statement. Did it matter? No. It comes back to what you said earlier. Actually, it is. It a lot of it had to do with the roster. They just looking at it in the beginning, like okay, they should have realized as soon as they got those reactions, like okay, we need to do something different with the way this is organized because mm-hmm. these guys on their own are not making it. One of the things I was thinking about was like not necessarily calling it NWO, but you need to NWO it. You need to really center it around one or two guys and really like mm-hmm. it put DDP and Booker together. Because yeah. combined, they could draw really, really good. Well, they've already shot themselves in the foot with Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, like we're supposed to cheer him. Yeah, they've th- already made him unlikable. True. But, but <clears throat> I, I don't think it was so far gone yet. I think. Uh, oh, I do. Oh, he got he got buried. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they still think this feud is still going on. Yeah, so it's not. Yeah, that was the big surprise <clears throat> watching these. I like, think still? one mm-hmm. of the faults here, early on for WCW is. One of the things that made the NWO just work was you had a core, like, before it got really bloated. Out of control. You had three or four guys at the core of it that are really, really good drawers. Mm-hmm. And then you have maybe 
three or four guys around them that are, eh, they may be tag team, they may be in tag teams, or they may on be on the way up. You know, first hour of Nitro, something like that. It made that it made that dynamic work. Clearly, a lot of these guys in WCW are not. I mean, no. Just they listen did. to their theme music. Like, thank God Kidman still keeps yeah. his theme music. That's which one is the, so. Awesome. Which is that's weird too. They keep some of the theme music for some of the guys, and then they give other guys different themes. Like DDP gets DDP. Miss Hancock stays mm-hmm. the keyboard. Well, okay, and all, we all the DDP one. I don't think they want to take the risk on. I actually like this version of DDP. It's pretty good. Song. Like it's a yeah. lot better than what came after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, just to go back where you were talking about the Madison Square Garden incident with Shane having Booker and then moving through the crowd being heel. I think the first thing that was really heelish that Shane does is that next week on SmackDown, Linda comes out to support Shane, and Shane has to, like had to get his mom to legally bind Vince to giving his roster TV time. That's kind of heelish. Yeah. Like running to begging for your parents to help you and it being a legal issue, even saying where with that championship match, no WWF superstar can get involved without legal ramifications. That's yeah. That's kind of pussy. Sure. No, absolutely. I'm with you on that. And I mean, and in some ways, did you ever think like it was maybe kind of heelish? Remember, like even before this, every once in a while, I was like, oh, Shane's talking to a guy. What's he? What are they talking about? Uh-huh. Why is he talking to Kurt Angle? Or before, like they mm-hmm. feuded, but why is he talking to Billy Gunn? Oh, is he trying to get them to go to WCW? That's a heelish thing. Yeah. It, is, it is a big heel thing. But all right, so still just WWF and WCW with this. I think the most glaring thing to me is. And I, this only happened for a brief amount of time, I think in 99, maybe very early 2000. Vince McMahon becoming a sympathetic face mm-hmm. is very weird. It's very hard to digest. A lot of wrestlers, you can have them be healed for 10 years, and then in one night, something can happen, and they're the biggest baby face ever. After, we've completely forgotten. A lot of, that happens with a lot of really great talent. Vince McMahon's not one of them. It felt dirty like wanting to cheer for him, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like, because this is, this isn't the Vince I mean, McMahon from this the early whole 90s. year. Mm-hmm. He has been maybe, and he still mm-hmm. has time to get to his ugliest in later years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's pretty ugly. In well, I mean, just I mean, just think about going into WrestleMania. Your wife is uh, catatonic in a wheelchair. You're parading around. You with beat your, up your daughter. Yeah, he's pay per view. Yeah, yeah, and he's hired the Undertaker to kidnap her. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah, stuff like, like that all throughout those. Yeah, that ninety. You yeah. screwed Brett. But it does play into <laughs> Shane and Stephanie wanting him gone and wanting to team up to take him down, if it's you think just, about that shit. It's such a weird move that they did. And this is discounting, like, the one thing we're not, I don't think we need to really take into account is, like, the theory that they never wanted it to succeed. They wanted to bury it no matter what. Yeah. And, and I don't believe that. No, I don't either. I, I think money is, if you can make money, yeah. and boy, do they, on Invasion, they make a shitload of money. But it doesn't them. seem like they don't pair these Feuds or many within the companies the right way, like having Palumbo and O'Hare go against the APA, bad move. They should have took on the. Champs. But it like that's but, that's why. But you that. it's still but it sucks because like I mean you know Bradshaw and Farouk ain't selling, ain't, uh-huh. and it's true they the guy you need to get broken in. But I think to get the crowd interested in these guys because these people probably haven't been watching WCW. They don't Lately. know who they, right. Yeah. But, I mean they don't know who these people are. Let these guys go against the Hardys because at least then. You can let them show off because I had tons of times. It's like, nope, uh, Palumbo, go, Palumbo goes to kick Bradshaw. Doesn't sell. 
Um, and then even that, like anytime Kane or uh, DDP gives the Undertaker or Kane a diamond cutter, it looks like shit. Yeah, like just like you know these guys probably the, about the maybe that's he, why Michael Cole called it a neck breaker. Yeah, that one, <laughs> well, he, that, that one he gives to Sarah in good. Atlanta. Holy cow! Yeah, she does a pretty good job of not bad. You know, she just planks it. I mean, yeah. she just that's what you gotta do. I thought yeah. at first that he <laughs> may have accidentally pulled her on when they landed onto the kendo stick because the way the camera was, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, good they didn't. <laughs> But um, let's talk about Booker T for a second now sure. because we're seeing this is the this is a completely new side of Booker in a singles run mm-hmm. we've ever seen. When he, as soon as he pretty much when he goes single in WCW, with the exception of the the silly storyline of a babyface has to act like a heel because he's obligated to because of some stipulation. Remember oh, that? the Russo Bischoff team up yeah, thing. That, okay. that yeah, that whole thing. With the exception of that. Booker has been babyface a long time. Yep. And so they transitioned him hard into not just being a heel, but like he's a heel double champion mm-hmm. that only wins with Because of Nick Patrick. Yeah. Well, and Nick Shane. Patrick, Shane, because the Kurt Angle match, great match. He worked, they work well together. That's mm-hmm. one thing. The crowd is super into it. Jericho's match that was on the, I think, the go home in Providence. Yeah. Is another solid match again. It's that he gets that close, and then oh they, my god, that one that I, that was like the match against really Triple H cool. all over again. It's like he wins a world championship, yeah, gone. But yeah. I mean, he didn't get. Uh, just real quick, because we're just to compare 2001 to 2016 with like the pacing of Raw, on top of it only being an hour and 35 minutes when you watch it on the network. Uh, it's like 10 minute opening segments that set the tone for the They're whole great. night, and they give you yeah. stuff. They don't every drone single on and one on. is good. Right. Right. Absolutely. Oh yeah, they're all to- yeah, they, they um these these remind me of remember when we talked about reboot Nitro? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And like it was a really compelling Nitro even though like it was just a damn car wreck. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just like I mean, it was just match-wise. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I I guess a car wreck being like you're just slamming all this stuff Smash together. TV. 7 minute segment, like, 7 minute segment, 7 minute segment. This reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. But it was a little better executed, obviously, right. because WWF has a better sense of television programming. So now let's 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 move into let's move into the ECW crew. So did you prior to it happening, did you have any sense that this could happen? No, no, it was it a complete was, shock. I mean, like yeah. if you watch it now, of course we know. But I remember watching it back then when it's like. Like, here are these two. I was like, oh, shit, there's Tommy Dreamer and Rob Van Dam. Right. They're kicking the shit on these guys. And then they're like, here come the WWF locker room. I was like, oh, this would moment. be good. And then I go, that's the moment, that's too. The moment. I go, wait a minute. I All these to... guys are ECW, former ECW guys. I Watching it again, I got chills yeah. when they turned around. Because they... you notice that. That's all of them. I mean, yeah. I just got them again. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's one of the, my favorite Raw moments. It's when... so good because it, it, it's, it's Heyman who mm-hmm. just, you know, you can pick a year and there's a good promo from him in it. <laughs> yes, right. Doesn't matter. And that's how good, man. I mean, how about, you know, the, he'd have, if his, if Paul Heyman was the equivalent of a rock band, he would need like a double disc, triple disc for greatest hits. Because there's right. so many. Yeah. Um, all right. So the thing I was going to say it really cracked me up though was Jim Ross has not usually had to play like this. Yeah. He's usually been, you know, he, he gets passionate He's usually passionate about Stone Cold or whoever the uh, top baby face is. And yep. he's, a, he's, you know, he's all about doing the, the right thing, you know, for the baby faces. My God, when it comes to towing, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go hardline WWF. I mean, he, go, some of the things he spouts off 
about what's going on are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a... A little unnerving, but hilarious. The one thing, the, the night where, at the end, where the alliance happens, because that's where Heyman left the commentary stand, and it's just JR the whole night. Yeah. And it's like, here comes Stephanie. Vince is just, like, in this weird thing. Brawl's going off. JR spouts, like, a dozen of his... He's like, well, the one is, like, I love the sins of the father yeah, are, well, that are coming for the entire WWF. But it's great. The, for every line that he has like that, though, there's, I, I remember watching this live and getting really annoyed with him uh, during the time because he couldn't think of it any better word than guys. Mm-hmm. The WCW guys are teaming up on the four ECW guys mm-hmm. and the WWF guys. He says it so many times. He sounds like times. a teenager recanting it the next day at lunch right. to his buddy. So for, it sounds like he's telling um, a story. So for the brief moment in time that it was like all for uh, all against, or it's um, every faction for themselves, mm-hmm. one versus the other versus the other, how cool did that seem? Yeah. Oh, that, that's what I wanted. I was hoping to get... WCW would have been killed. Yeah. I was hoping to maybe get wind <laughs> yeah. up getting an Austin versus Booker T versus Ryan. Like, give him the belt back. You got your three world champions. Right. Just let them have a, a raw throw. That's but great. Now, tie back to what you're saying. I don't think they intended... I don't think ECW was a part of this. Oh, no. I think, I think no. this was a knee-jerk reaction. That's why they didn't have the, they didn't, they didn't have the foresight for titles mm-hmm. to do stuff like that. Otherwise, I think they would have if this was actually an intended... Plotted out storyline of that and you, story. you already have a weak roster, and you pull two of them out anyway. You put to Lance and Mike Awesome to defect. Right. I mean, that's true. That gives Shane a stake in being against them. Right. But no, it was. No, you're right. It felt like a last minute decision. I don't think I would have minded eventually them teaming up. Mm-hmm. I just think this is way too early. It's just well, way, way, that, way too early. The same show for God's mm-hmm. sake. The way that they buried each other. Backstage, well, you know, like mm-hmm. non kayfabe, and then to see them align, it just didn't make sense. It was very unnerving. ECW was more on the WWF side of things, yeah. mm-hmm. so to see them like team up with WCW, or to see Paul Heyman more, more importantly, like siding with a WCW side, which I mean, he would blast WCW on air on ECW, absolutely television. right. Yeah, but and it, it was a shoot. But you know, I like the way he, because even before the reveal, he kept talking about how he was still playing Shane's. Bad because he's a WWF commentator, but he would still say Shane is wanting to change the future of sports entertainment, and then which leads to one of Heyman's promos, which I think is on the SmackDown, where he starts yelling, and where it's in the pr- opening video to the pay per view, "Death to sports entertainment!" Like he's just feeding into it, yeah. Where they're wanting to change it, he wants to bring back like ECW, right? Um, the, the point I was gonna make. So the third, like, it's it's so. It's very tacked on. We talked about earlier. Stephanie McMahon gets revealed as the actual owner of ECW, with Paul Heyman being like maybe a general manager. I think they eventually call him general manager or whatever. Uh-huh. Do you think? Do you think that was there? That was done deliberately because it's like if Stephanie's there, we can kind of keep this thing under control. Because I think so. because Heyman, if Heyman and Vince are in the ring, Heyman always owns him, mm-hmm. and it's the one Vince guy. And no, that's the thing. And the thing is, like, even when Paul Heyman feigns and is like, "Oh, oh, he, you know, he he, he uh, begs or backs yeah. off, or whatever," he's still winning he's in the promo. Of the he's, situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was, I was thinking about it like that because it. But then again, we just came off of well, at this point it was the WrestleMania a year before where we had McMahon in every corner. So there's 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 no they're no stranger to doing something like this, right? It's just, um, do you really need Shane, Stephanie? 
and Paul Heyman to take on Vince McMahon. Well, Vince thinks you do. <laughs> here's something fascinating. Though. Like, let's let's go to this point now because we're talking about how weak the, the WCW roster is on paper. Mm-hmm. And granted, we had the privilege of watching. I say privilege, whatever. <laughs> well, we watched some of those later pay-per-views. They actually had a, a lot of like. There's Chavo hidden back there somewhere. Yeah. You do have Sean O'Hare. You do have Lance Storm. Greg Hill, or well, now Shane he'll Helms. be Greg because he, be. he can't both can't. have two chains. So they have, they have a lot of guys, but they're the kind of guys that need some developing to get to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. ECW, you don't need to do it. You really don't need a lot of developing there. They've got pretty mm-hmm. much their best guys uh-huh. from that room, maybe the exception well, yeah. of a couple. Like Jerry Lynn, but Sandman, and and only Sand. because they. <laughs> Sabu and all that. Uh, yeah, but but these were guys that like, like like when you see the guys that they have from ECW in this company, you go, oh, these guys could probably work the WWF style. Mm-hmm. Like, Sabu could never do that. No, neither yeah. Sandman. The thing they were missing with Alfonso, they needed to have an ECW reference. That's the, that's that's the oh, yeah. one thing they oh, just that, yeah, they that totally guy. missed. That would have made sense. I mean, it's great to see, you know, Mick Foley show up because you can get the spot. But you've grown on the pay per view. You're going to have a ref versus ref match. WWF ref, WCW ref, an ECW ref would have been awesome. But oh, if yeah. they hadn't already had the alliance, sure. like, I'll tell you what though, with that invasion, that referee match is the only oh, match man. that seems necessary. It's that's the only <laughs> one. I can't <laughs> wait. Oh, to, that yeah. I cannot wait till we talk about that because that actually that 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 defied expectations. I wrote a lot of notes. Did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was telling Will for these. Uh, I have twenty-seven pages of notes between the free rolls and the pay-per-view. Even even if. We had every guy that we wanted on the invasion card. Like every single one, every match we wanted. I still would have wanted a Nick Patrick Earl having the match. Yeah, yeah. So like that's a nice little payoff. Earlier, or the point I was going to make about the um, the roster. Remember where we were? Like King of the Ring, they may have retconned the storylines, but they can't mm. retcon the injuries. Man, Shane's face. Kurt Angle and Steve Austin to start with. Benoit's gone. Benoit's gone. So that's there's nothing that can be done about that. But with those two alone, the WWF roster seems actually fairly weak itself. Rock and Triple H are gone. Mm-hmm. And, and you, all you really have, you've really got three guys in terms of guys. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know what Kurt does to get himself back. I mean, then again, he won the gold medal on what? Broken freaking neck. So I know yeah. he can he can get back from an injury quicker than he should. I was wondering, I was like, what, what? I didn't know if you were referring to the ladder so, match when he got it back or what. Well, um. Did you also? Do you guys know there was TLC three in the midst of this somewhere? Yeah, I like think. on a Raw or something. It was on a SmackDown. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it or was. It was out. It. Um, what was the match? Was it literally the same guy? No, like Benoit and Jericho. Benoit was. and Jericho were in it. Yeah. Is it good? I think it's like. It's okay, but like I think that Jericho, because if you listen to the first podcast Jericho oh, had with Bubba, yeah. where he concussed him really bad, where Bubba kept forgetting that his mom, I think, was hurt or passed mom, away or something. Yeah, he kept it's so sad. blacking in and out. At the emergency room, you just start crying when you hear again that she's dead. Or it's it's really heart wrenching to hear. What I was gonna say though is, um, with their roster being so weak, like what was funny was the the one thing to keep WWF strong was the backstage segments with Kurt and Steve They're, Austin as, are as much as I hate Austin. Like in this era, this is funny. This is so damn the are, presence. <laughs> We've talked about it before. There's an underrated chemistry between oh. Kurt Angle and Steve Austin in the ring and out of the ring because it's fantastic. I, I mean as much as people love like Flair and Steamboat, Flair and Steamboat couldn't do this. No. No. At no. all. No. Uh there's some I mean just those two were great. 
Vince in that mix and like the the raw that opens with where you think that Austin and Angle are going to get into it and throw down. And it's a hugging match (laughs) for Vince McMahon's affection. And the way that they would hug Vince and look at the other, like two siblings fighting over mama, was great. The uh, Where Tori Wilson comes into play. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Because Vince is like, she's like, well, I want to talk about our conversation. And Vince's like, okay, well, we'll talk business. And Stone Cold tells everybody else to leave. He's like, okay, everybody leave. Me and Vince got to talk about her future. And then Vince walks out, and then Austin gets mad, blamed. He's like, well, he didn't want to talk about that in front of someone who he's uncomfortable talking business with. And Kurt's like, who? He goes, you. He goes, he's not uncomfortable with me. They do the duck season, rabbit season bit. And then Kurt just goes, it wasn't me. It was your wife. Says, of course, mouth off and nudges his head on Austin nudges towards Deborah. And then he does it again. He goes, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, poor Deborah is... It, their bits, the, the cowboy hat, the sheriff badges, like all of it is so, we so mean, good. It's a SmackDown that has the Kumbaya. Oh, my right. God. Oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, Charlie, do you have anything else to chime in with it? Because there's, there's it's a, a love, good... It's a love-hate thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it because it's so funny, but it's so wrong for Stone Cold Steve Austin to be doing this. Like, I get that he wanted to expand the character and try new avenues. I, this is the seeds of the podcast. This is the, the seeds are, this is where the seeds are planted to where, like, oh, this yeah. guy could this run, is like, almost his like his thing. personality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, his, re, like, because the Stone Cold, I mean, they always like to throw out that, oh, the more you act like yourself, the more, oh, you know, the more yeah. you'll connect with the audience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at Austin being the 97, 98 Austin. Well, that's the real guy. No, this is probably more close to yeah. the real guy. Doesn't mean I have to like it. No. But what this does, what this does do that I I love is that it helps Kurt Angle, yeah, mm-hmm. tremendously, and it sets up the the go home raw. So that's so that's so. the segue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. If you played a drinking game about how many, if you had to take a drink every time somebody says the old Stone Cold, mm-hmm. you would be Jake Roberts wasting it. Yeah, that's I true. Mean, when they I, first I, said it, I had a flashback. I was like, oh, we're in it. this part. Yeah. And I didn't even remember it was a SmackDown. Where and they, where they, they do a Shane out. reference. It's all they. Th- yeah. I mean, the, the movie yeah. Shane. They they do, and the way Austin sells it is so weird. But what's so crazy is his charisma. He all he has to do is stop on the ramp for and a the second. Crowd is ready. Keeps I, going. And Vince McMahon. I love Vince McMahon in that promo too because give me a stunner, please. Like, there's something like guttural and like you know like it's it's. It's crazy to say nostalgic. It was only like three years ago. I know. Ago. I actually like, got nostalgic for that, for how I felt yeah. three years earlier. <laughs> like, it was weird. Like, like, yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was like, oh, I remember when I felt like that about what I felt before. Yeah, right. It's sure. insane. Like, so that's where we get to that, the go home raw, which, again, I, I, I've i heard, if you listen to the Place, Place to Be podcast, one of the hosts was there for that raw in Providence. Wow. And he's talked about how it, they were also the same raw mentioned this to the King of the Ring where McFoley or Monday Night Raw where Mick Foley won the WWF title from The Rock wow. which was a huge pop yep this one and reading about it like from other people online who may have gone to it it is a, a seismic nuclear pop that on TV you can actually you can hear the magnitude of it because I cannot hear the announcers Mm-mm. at some point that's good so let's back up and start at the beginning of the show and I never noticed as a Providence shows the the friend uh, the friendly tap because mm-hmm. it's it's actually um, Tim White's uh, Tim White's bar because I was wondering yeah. how this I was like wait a minute that's a, 
this ref just comes in and closes the bar and then they let you know he announced it. Because I love it. The image of Steve Austin drinking at a bar alone. With, with the, the friendly. Yes, with, with Deborah And the title a, belt right yeah, on the Deborah, a good safe out of arm's Superman reach green. distance the whole time. <laughs> There's a good setup with Vince and Kurt right before them where like Kurt Angle's like, yep, I'm the leader. I can do this. He's like, where's, he, where's Steve Austin? Yeah, where's Stone Cold? I love it. It's You're fine, but <laughs> when he, I love, I, it's, I, I hadn't seen this in a while. Vince and Austin together in moments like this are really good at the bar. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a great moment. I don't know why Austin has to like act like a child and no. like turn away. Well, he, he, he does get that, that ultimate cling on show of disrespect. He just turns his back yeah. completely. Yeah, I don't like this feeling that simply beard. because they never explain why Austin ever acted like this. It is never explained. No. Well, I think he, it... Well, no, it's wrestling. You can't read in subtext. If there was but, some storyline where he was trying to get the title and he just couldn't do it anymore, I'd get that. But he runs the place. And they have an opportunity with Invasion to, to right every wrong that they have done since WrestleMania yeah, with uh-huh. Stone Cold Steve Austin. If I didn't know how Invasion ended, I'd be nuclear right now. Right? No, because... I'm ready. Those it, video packages with uh, Austin and with, mm-hmm. with the intercutting of the old old footage yeah. of him being a badass. I can't wait. Um, so by the time like and they do a great like one thing I'll give them credit for like is master rhetoric. The way they keep going back to it every match they come back every, no matter who's in the ring. Yeah, it could be Scotty Duhati. We're going back. We're talking about the old Stone Cold. Is the yeah. old Stone Cold going to come back? And Jim Ross just. I don't know how many different ways he had to try and like spin it. Mm-hmm. Boy, is he on his he's on his game, like trying to find new ways to to fend it off. Like, oh, I know this guy, I know Steve Austin. I'll never give up on him. Deep well, down there, he says way. that, but then he also yeah. later on says, "I'd go talk to him myself, but I don't think it'd do any good." Well, wait a minute. <laughs> if he's not going to give up, which one is it, man? Yeah. So the moment happens, and I this it's such an amazing like because it's yeah fighting in the parking lot, yeah fighting in the back. Well, how does he know it's happening? I wish they would have. Timing is perfect. I wish they would have shown us that there was a TV there. I I just wrote down this. Austin goes. It's nine fifty. Yeah. Well, he's got. Austin (laughs) just goes. I feel the presence of Freddie Blassie. They only pull him out when shit's important. About that. So back. Let's talk about (laughs) the Stephanie line. Oh, that's oh my god. That's so evil. It's the last thing I've written down. Like, wouldn't you think they would just go to black? After Austin like kills yeah. everybody, no, they they kill it. That should have happened before he yeah, got there. Stomp on Freddie a little or bit. Or wouldn't it great if Freddie like 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 did something to him? Like he got one up hit, on him. Hit Shane with the cane. Yeah. Brawler gets him the hell out of there. Because I was like, why didn't Brawler fight? I was like, oh yeah, he would lose. Hmm. It's like destiny, but he would lose. Um. It's it's so I I was trying to look at the hierarchy of the fights like who's all right so you right. have to be really low on the card to be fighting in the parking lot <laughs> you're a little bit better if you're in the back yeah but it's Edge and Christian that were in the back in the parking lot no in the back back like the were because Austin beats the shit out well, of they're, they're made Carters at this point yeah but so that's and that's so the, the Hardys but they're in the, the ring. three yeah yeah, yeah the Hardys when he rolls up in that truck because you know what made me think of when the Rock just showed up the most recent time oh, yeah. and that they same, look like the same truck yeah <laughs> it's just like. Bastards. Um, when he pulls up, it, I mean, one thing about him is like it is Potato City. I like how he thought he he thought ahead. He's like, well, I broke a fucking pool cue. I better bring Dude, it. He snaps like, and the crowd like 
this is it's what loud. this is what blows my mind is like y- you can get drugged through the dirt as a character uh-huh like that you're that good though that you instantly persevere in the eyes of the audience like yep you yep. are it's just like the crowd's us. like finally you know it's yeah. like we're done with this bullshit well what's great too is it's crowd sees austin all night all distraught cuts back with that rousing speech and standing by freddie blassie crowd's kind of like all right we're in we're in the big fight happens like all right we're going cuts to the parking lot then it cuts back to them. Everybody's ready. The crowd's like, we know he's here. Like, I'll go, Michael Cole says the crowd can sense. I was like, the fucking Titantron's right there. <laughs> but, so they see it. And then the crowd's like, yes, yes. And they're waiting. And there's all this shit in the ring. And then it shows that Austin comes in and saves Edge and Christian. The crowd's like, yes. And then they go, wait, there's no one. They, it's like everyone looked in the ring. I said, okay, that's the whole locker room. Here he comes. Wait, and it was insane. Dude, when that... All you hear is I the can't. glass, and you don't even hear the. <laughs> it is dumb. What's what's and I, and maybe like I was just going through it in my head. Maybe he was doing the whole like silent non-talking thing just for that moment. Like, oh, he's talking. Yeah, he's, he's walking. I he's love focused. that moment, even though it's so cheesy and kind of dumb. Oh, oh, he's talking. He's focused, and he's got the 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 same swagger no. that he used to have. He's, there were a lot of first time stunners that night. Oh, yeah, people yeah. I'd never seen take it. Canyon took it like a yeah, beast. of course he did. <laughs> but I love Austin. Devon just got a good one. Austin decided he went up. Oh, up no, Devon's or is it Bubba or Devon the one that like like falls over themselves? Um, like somebody takes a. It really... might have been Rhino. Because <laughs> he got Rhino. There he is. <laughs> Rhino was Rhino's like. Do you just? I think he he punches Van Dam. He just like slap. He just gives yeah. him like an evil punch. What the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, Van Dam. What I think is great. Is I he, hate Tom Cop. <laughs> <laughs> He punches Van Damme so hard. Van Damme's like, okay, I'm just going to roll back so I don't have to take a stunner. Here you go, Tommy. Now, every once in a while in Austin's podcast, he talks about when you do a stunner, like, he was like, you know, you didn't see me do it in the back because it hurts my ass. Like, so it, but it hurts no matter what for him to do it because, like, if you do it right, like, your tailbone is pretty exposed to getting, like, that repeated bump. He does, like, what is it? Nine, I think. Yeah, it is an, and they, and the crowd pops every single time. Oh, my God. I think the and this is because I'd seen this clip for years, but I hadn't seen like the like five seconds after when the rest of the WWF guys like come up to him, especially like Kane, like you fucking doing something. Oh yeah, I thought Taker was like <laughs> was going all shoot oh, on. We him. didn't even talk about like Taker's little rousing speech oh. with Hardcore Holly right front row with his uh, denim shorts and his t-shirt. Yeah. I love Hardcore Taker speeches. It's time to find out who's phony tough. Or crazy so there ain't brave. no shame yeah. in going out and, and getting your ass. I think that's kicked. a shoot because I think like um, <laughs> I know I know in Holly's book he talks about like there are a lot of guys that were phony tough yeah. back there. By the way, I always said Shawn Michaels was phony tough. Yeah. You guys have got to listen. But he was a good lover. It, it's it's pretty. It's not. Yeah, it's not great. Like Ric Flair commentating his own matches is pretty lame because I don't think he can do. He can't talk and watch at the same time. Uh-huh. He's not. But he does at 18 talking about the Taker match. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, just a couple weeks ago at Nashville, like, they all went out. And he was like, Taker reminds me he's, my, he's the best guy to go out with. <laughs> oh, I was just like, God. God. <laughs> just, <laughs> you done it, man. Hey, <laughs> I, I just see him getting shit-faced drunk. Just puts his hand on Hey, lay up here. I want to do my apron leg drop spot on this bar, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. There's a... Just... There's so much that that did go on through here, and it had a good pacing of a lot of comedy, a lot of action. There's a lot of build. The I love the we we kind of glazed over the middle part about Test being the mole. 
they keep talking about. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So there's there's supposedly some like there's how rampant were the faction rumors like with this because we'd heard the one at King of the Ring, but then that, after that like that was that was the only one that was named and it was like this person or you know they might go. Then after that it, it was just like well how did they get in? Which makes sense, you know. How did they get in? Well, they walked in to the public place. They had a ticket uh, or whatever. But then it's this mole, and then they just use the bit because it's still face Booker T wrestling with the Pepsi machine. Right. Test comes by. They just say something, and then it just turns into well, I saw Test talking to Booker. You got change for a dollar, sucker. <laughs> what I thought was great is it's bad. It's good editing and bad editing as Booker turns around after talking to puts pot. the dollar. In the Pepsi machine, it takes it and then it immediately cuts like he summons the Dudleys by putting a dollar in a vending machine because their music's going off and they're out there. I was like, this is great. How about Austin at WWF New York uh, cutting that uh, promo? <laughs> you want to ask me a question? <laughs> is that him I, and Kurt? Like when they yeah. just, yeah, that's and so then, good. And then he, he put the that's button the and he puts on there. it. He's like, what did he say? Yeah, you can come right down here, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of uh, undertones. You just yeah. keep thinking. Uh, Those are overtones. <laughs> Austin's going over. He's just rehearsed. He's getting his audition I, I, for the longest yard. Good with call out on that because watching that, I was like, "Can you imagine if you were WWF New York?" Oh, and they showed up. Oh. Yeah, because like every other time, it's like, "Oh, where's look, Albert? Grandmaster, <laughs> Grandmaster, sexy is here. <laughs> Got my meatball sub. Taz is gonna sit here and Dude. eat and drink and get pitchy. Another nice thing that Edge coronation ceremony mm-hmm. is wonderful. If you've never seen it, where he rips into Billy Gunn, mm-hmm. I mean, just kills him. Like talking about his '99 King of the Ring win. 2000, he got injured. Hey, if you see me three years from now at WWF New York eating a meatball sub, just shoot me in the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Billy just, Andrew Martin. Yeah. I got nothing. He's got nothing. You don't come back from that. Um, there was one more of these little, like, interesting, like, mid-card bits. Tajiri. Dude. Oh, man. Oh, Tajiri. That, the go-home where Regal's going to wrestle Taz, and Tajiri does commentary. The little bit, I know he's just screaming, it's great because you're intense. He gets up, he goes in the ring, he does the universal wrestling sign of alignment change by taking off one shirt to reveal another. You're like, oh, shit, and then betrays Taz. Great. This is what I hope we get from Nakamura. Like, because Tajiri had the, of all the the Asian wrestlers from, like, the 90s through this through 2001, nobody like could capture the crowd. There you go. Mm-hmm. Like he, could. I always he, thought WWF he missed he a big speak opportunity. An, a word of English, Tajiri. but he knew how to just work a crowd, heel or face. He could work a crowd. He could put on a great match, and he had flashy like like fan popping things that he did yeah. in the ring. You know, like the, just those like the spinner Rooney and shit like that. Like he had little things like huh, that. Which Jr. is not a fan. No, of. He, people's elbows. Spinner Rooney. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's a fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> stupid. During the Booker, ask me a question. <laughs> you come right down here to Oklahoma. Shit. <laughs> Boomer sooner. During the Booker Kurt Angle match, where Booker does the spinner Rooney, and this is all. And his ankle is right there at Kurt for a second. You know, Ooh. Kurt's going to lock the ankle lock off the spinner Rooney. I, I would have been like, was, yeah, and it didn't happen. The force the spinner Rooney would take Kurt into his own spinner Rooney as he's doing the ankle lock. It would be the most incredible not, thing we've ever seen. Not, 
it's, da, 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 da. it's not like the WrestleMania where Shawn Michaels goes to super sweet chin music and he just catches a, like just Brandon Lee and the Crow like last second foot catch. Oh my God, I love that part. Uh, well, so if there's anything else, uh, is like there's I'm, there's got to be something. Well, there's like, well, we, we, cock blocking oh, okay. Steve Austin well, with well, Vince and Tori. Why does Buff Bagwell just attack Booker T? Like, it's like I'm happy just to be here, man. <laughs> just he like starts helping Stone Cold. Because okay, oh, then you get uh, the charismatic duo of Scott Hudson and Arn Anderson, and I yeah, love Arn Anderson. I love Arn Anderson to death. You're not a commentator. Mm-mm. Your your first lines are "I am tickled to death to be here." You're the enforcer, Arn Anderson. You were a brain buster. Yeah. But they just, oh my God, Buff Bagwell has defected to the WWF. They didn't want him. Give it a minute. Do you think yeah. Arn Anderson, when he was in the hospital, when they said he had about problems he had with his back or spine, he just went, the irony. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> oh, sweet irony. Well, thank God I'm not having to retire for concussions. That brain buster bit is a little insensitive. <laughs> His hands. Just, oh, I love it. It's, it's just like <laughs> dangerous alliance may come. That, that one's real close. Yeah. All right. So, any other major things before we? <laughs> I loved it in the parking lot. Hugh Morris is dressed up like John Cena. Yeah, he looks just like him from behind. I can't wait till we get to him and Albert oh. paired off with each other. The tough enough. One of the guys. Tough enough trainer or NXT trainer. One of the guys that Austin goes for immediately, which I marked out for with Stasiak. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you thought I forgot. <laughs> he, he was a perennial Austin beatdown guy when he was me. Well, the, the just a continual burial of Perry Saturn. That bit where Heyman comes to recruit oh, him. Oh, it's so funny, though. <laughs> it is ridiculously funny. It's like, hey, what's funny is, well, the WWF doesn't care about you. They know about all your concussions. They want you to compete. Why don't you come to ECW where it's safe? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, real quick thing that I, I really liked uh, when the ECW guys like did their beatdown and shit, even though I don't think they ever team up, Just Incredible and Lance Storm still found time to do an Impact Players pose. Yeah. Which was so fucking cool. Because I don't think they're ever on camera again. You know, that that's one guy even in, man, he, he what immediately lost. X-Factor? Well, X-Factor, it's... Does it become a twosome? No, well, they make well, fun of him or something. He gets I, pissed off if I they think say it just. I think everyone kind of goes their separate way. Well, no, no, they don't. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. Because they still use the same opening for their music, right? Right. They yeah. Do. So, um, I know Albert gets the Intercontinental title, which I don't it remember. It feels like yeah. it's a faction that's DOA at this point. Yeah. It's too bad because, you know, Justin Incredible. I, I would have liked to have seen him. He, he is view. swallowed whole. Yeah. Yeah. At least thus far in the invasion. Well, then, too, and but... He doesn't do anything to try to stand out. Like at this point, where your roster, well, he doesn't really get the opportunity. Yeah. Triples. Or... Tajiri got the opportunity, and that mm-hmm. guy doesn't speak English. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> so, the last last thing I'll really ask you: What um, if you don't know the future with this and everything, like, <laughs> where do you think this is going to go? Oh, I think. Where do you think this goes? Because I'll tell you, those locker room speeches are. Are incredible. The one, especially the Heyman Shane mm-hmm. ones they do, and no matter how this ends at Invasion, it's very obvious to me back then that oh, the main event of SummerSlam is going to be Austin and Booker T, WCW champion, WWF champion, mm-hmm. huge buy rates. Like that, that would be huge if they did that. That's where my mindset is. Like as a nice jumping <clears> off point. Like whoever wins, it doesn't really seem to matter because that's the other thing. Oh, we got to win. No, we got to yeah. win. 
well, what do we get out of this if we win? Like, that's one thing I don't understand. Well, they, Michael Cole and JR talk for briefly right at the the beginning of the main event before it just breaks down that, that they may lose their jobs. They might not have jobs next week. So it, they're without them ever saying it, they're implying that WCW wins, that this becomes WCW Raw, which I thought that would have been neat just once, just to be like, you know, they won. It makes a difference instead of... Would that break the, uh, the longest-running... Episodic. Weekly episodic bullshit and history the press. And, yeah. I think it. I don't know because they're on. This is what four twenty five. So I think that's still pretty pretty good at the time. You're probably right though. That's why. They, that's why that is the sole reason they aborted that. <laughs> can't work. never. Hey pal, we can't break. Hey pal, <laughs> is this your new Vince? <laughs> this is your new Vince. Hey pal. Hey pal. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> Goddamn pal. <laughs> we can't. Don't you break. fucking touch me. That's my favorite one. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. All right, so this has been episode 51. We wanted to do kind of like our preview here. This is like, I guess this would be like if you were watching the network before the pay-per-view. and you have this. Welcome to the Invasion Kickoff Show. I'm, uh, I'm Corey Graves. Oh, God. Oh, let me tell you, man, he's in my fave five. Oh, hey, old school booker. Old school booker. <laughs> I'm Jerry Lawler, and I'm bitter that I'm not commentating the pay-per-views anymore. There's like 12 people in that fave five of his. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> So, With um, two Sinkaras. The big one. <laughs> Shield Kara. That was my. That Shield was, you, I, I didn't, haven't seen you since. Very good. Thank you. you get a handshake. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So episode 52, we're going to hit Invasion. We're going to hit it hard because it is a jam-packed pay-per-view. So I'm glad we got all this out of the way because Lord knows we would have. That thing would have been a bloated mess. Watch it. It's going to be three and a half. I hope not. But um, so let's go ahead and call it the, the movies for guys who like movies. It's gonna be Batman Returns, Batman v. I love Batman v Superman. Yeah, now it's like it's, it's versus. We don't need to do the v. Are, are we are we that lazy? We can't finish versus anymore. What's going on with? See, when I see the v, I'm like, are they going to court? Yeah, it's a Supreme Court decision. Oh, Marsha Clark in there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would just be—it's a courtroom drama. Boo! But to, Batman we, in his bat suit just sitting there like in he, Batman. He, he hires the best league. Yeah, suit got like I'd really just do it for the fans. Well, shit! If Hogan could go to court in a fucking bandana, oh, oh, yeah, why can't Batman go? Did you? All right, I love how. Uh, John Oliver put how Hogan looked in oh, his courtroom. He looked like a. He said he's dressed like a pallbearer at a Python's funeral. <laughs> I saw a picture. And it was Hulk Hogan against Ted DiBiase, and the caption said, "Look, it's the Million Dollar Man versus Ted DiBiase." <laughs> I saw that too. That was great. I just I love how like a week ago, Aaron, uh, yeah, Aaron Andrews, she gets a what, fifty five million uh-huh. for basically the same thing. Right. Hogan gets twice that because he's Hulk. Hogan gets because clearly that. He's Hulk Hogan he and cried. Terry Bollea. Of course he did. <laughs> he just, oh, they filmed me having sex and saying the N-word. Give me money. <laughs> like, that's basically what it comes down to. Just give me money. I'll be fine. It's bullshit. All right. The highest paid porn star of all time. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and race beater. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brother. Uh, but Batman Returns is... Oh, the, yeah. reason, <laughs> the reason we're doing Batman Returns is just because we did Superman, did the Donner Cut, um... Couple or a couple weeks ago for movies, you guys like movies. We're just trying to tie it up for the the big, the big release, the mixed reviews release. It's not sounding good. I haven't read a single review yet. Where, did you, sound, where are you finding? I was I, the um, on Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman recently. He had on um, Mark Bernardin 
who's actually the or he does the show with him now I think permanently but yeah he's the uh, he is the editor of the film either the film section or entertainment section for the LA Times mm-hmm. and the screening they did for the press was very mixed very mm. mixed review good or, I don't know if it was a press or if it was a some kind of but anyway mixed was no the, I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, because like, <laughs> these Marvel movies, man, like I said, like they all get these swarming positive reviews. And I'm just like, it's like the last one. So, yeah, mixed reviews for me is perfectly fine. You hear about the home video release? Three hours long Three? and rated R with right. no, no re- like what they said, there's like not going to be any ultra violence or nudity or anything. I guess it's just three rated R because only adults could sit through a three hour long movie. I, I just, I mean, what I heard was like the, the violence is ramped up a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I'm like, 30 minutes worth? Like, that's a long movie. That's a long. I, I mean, it's, I don't think it's the longest. I think Watchmen is still the longest. But yeah, and hey, Zack Snyder, both of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Batman Returns, two hours six minutes, mm-hmm. the way it should be. <laughs> um, so next, um, next show we'll cover. We'll be covering, like we said, wrestling invasion. One after that, we're gonna be doing a uh, Batman Returns. So until then, we've seen it very, very soon. Um. The podcast is on Twitter at New Blood Pod and on Facebook at New Blood Rising Podcast. I'm at William Rankin83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. And I'm at CM underscore stab. And we'll see you guys for Batman Returns. No. And Invasion. Invasion. Both with the big red well, I v. ask you a question. <laughs> Sucker. No, fi- episode 52 is Invasion. I apologize. Yeah. There we go. See you guys then. <laughs>